Okay, well, welcome to a third podcast. We've, we've got two down. And what I've been doing with these podcasts is reading old columns of mine that I've, I've had in various rock magazines and various metal magazines in Europe over the past five, six years. Uh, the last one I did was on the mystery of Eric Clapton. I got a lot of feedback from that. Thank you very much for at least listening to it, if not agreeing with it. Um, I must, I must stress um, before we get any further in these podcasts is it's all done with a firm tongue in cheek. I'm just joking around. Some people sometimes take it seriously. Uh, I remember one time doing a spoken word show and I did this bit on Ozzy Osbourne and this guy, you know, I don't know if it was the language barrier, but he misinterpreted my intention. The story was about how much I loved Ozzy and he misunderstood it or misinterpreted it as as meaning that I was I was making fun of Ozzy, which was never the case, never has been the case. I love everything Ozzy Osbourne's ever done. Um, so, you know, sometimes these things have a way of of uh, getting misconstrued and I get in these odd situations with people. Um, but I refuse to say I'm sorry or I refuse to say, you know, I was joking to certain parties because it just makes me feel like you know, I'm surrounded by fools. I don't like talking down to people. And when you listen to these podcasts, just know that we're all in on the joke, man. It's just a, a fun thing. So I say that, but this column I'm doing, I'm, I've, I just went through my old columns. And this one I wrote back in 2005 for a Norwegian music magazine called Mute Magazine that is no more. Uh, I think it went on for about a year and a half, bi-monthly magazine, and then just went tits up. But I happened to write uh, a few articles for the mag before it did, and hopefully my contribution uh, didn't contribute to it going belly up. I hope not. But anyways, um, this is actually a column of praise, uh, of worship, of of a band that I, if you know know me and spend enough time with me, eventually a conversation will steer towards this band and just how much I worship this band. They're called the Jesus Lizard. So I wrote, this is the first piece I wrote for Mute Magazine. Um, and I just figured, well, I might as well start on a safe bet. I know what, I know everything about this band. And one of my old bands back in the day, before I was doing uh, the Danko Jones uh, rock and roll uh, experience extravaganza, uh, one of my old bands called Horseshack opened up for the Jesus Lizard. So I got to play with the Jesus Lizard before they officially broke up. And then I saw them on their recent reunion tour. They made a stop to Toronto and just basically blew my mind away before he even sang one note, um, the singer David Yao um, just did a, a stage dive before the first no, before the first word that came out of his mouth. It was incredible. Um, so here it is. Here is my column that I wrote for Mute Magazine back in 2005 about the Jesus Lizard. And the official title was called Hello and the Jesus Lizard. So here it is. I love the Jesus Lizard. Have you heard them? No, not heard of them. I mean, actually sat down and listened to them. The chances of anyone saying yes these days is growing smaller and smaller. Not because fans of the JL are dying off, but because most people are forgetting who the hell they were. 
And no, I'm not dropping their name as an obscure reference to obtain some sort of music elitist leverage as newcomer to the Mute family. After all, the Jesus Lizard did anything but live under the rug while they were around. Hell, they even made it onto a Lollapalooza lineup one year. During the 90s, amidst the grunge phenomenon, there existed somewhat of a noise rock scene. While the rest of the world were appointing themselves to the alternative nation, snapping their fingers to Pearl Jam, Bush, the Stone Temple Pilots, and the Smashing Pumpkins, for the rest of us, it was a virtual feeding frenzy with bands like Cop Shoot Cop, Helmet, Tad, The Unsane, The Melvins, Killdozer, Distorted Pony, John Boy, Pain Teens, The Cows, Wool, Mule, Nation of Ulysses, and of course, The Jesus Lizard. Sadly, none of these bands would go on to much success, trampled on by self-appointed alternative radio bent on shuffling in their versions of cute and safe alternative music. So if I can do my little bit to turn some people on to the amazing four-piece that slipped through the cracks, then read on. Let's put it this way. There was a time when the only band I lived for was the Jesus Lizard. I had sworn off the merits of Led Zeppelin and Slayer. Nothing seemed to be as hard as the Jesus Lizard. Of course, just like every true punk rocker, once the safety pin sheen has dulled and the hair just doesn't spike up the way it used to, we all go crawling back to the used record store where we sold all our Zeppelin records and buy them back. But the appeal of the Jesus Lizard was simple. It wasn't the devil incarnate, but rather an insane asylum come to life. I mean, what's scarier, Blackie Lawless eating a very rare-looking plastic steak sandwich or Hannibal Lecter? No matter how many factoids are thrown at you to back up the claim of world's greatest or most underrated or best of, truth is, you've never heard them, you still wouldn't know jack shit as to what they sound like. I know it's hard to go on praising music in print without a soundbite to back you up, but I'm going to try. How? I know I could probably give the whole behind-the-music biography complete with discography, but I don't want this article to induce sleep or be used as makeshift toilet paper. And it still wouldn't describe the Jesus Lizard sound, a sound that comes very close to drilling a hole in your skull, prying open your brain, laying it out on the cutting board like a slab of meat, and pounding away on the damaged flesh that was once a functioning brain. But can you hear that? I could give you descriptions on each member's musical prowess, how each member is a god in their, on their respective instrument, but it wouldn't come close to seeing the quartet live, which is akin to witnessing the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. All four morphing into a hammer, driving the nails in deeper and deeper, speeding up or slowing down, getting harder or softer depending on each's daily dosage of crazy pills. Lush chords and ascending notes played like an alarm clock with fingers tucking the, tugging the listener's pants off. But can you see that? Sure, I can reference a variety of similar-sounding bands like The Birthday Party, Gang of Four, and The Stooges, but that would just confuse things even further. You still wouldn't know that every album is a fantastic trip into the world of the absurd, a David Lynch movie going through withdrawal symptoms. Everyone loves dull excitement, don't they? A world where the women are voluptuous and mysterious, and the men have Down syndrome. But is that getting clearer? Okay, I know everything about the band is still about as vague as a political promise. I'm just guilty of wanting to watch Tongues Wag again for a band who, compared to others' popularity, remained largely a well-kept secret. Never easy to digest, the Jesus Lizard demanded the ear of the listener, which, if you were apt to do, would be rewarded over and over again. 
Their songs were direct messages from the damned and the straitjacketed. But their influence on the future of music remains to be seen. Maybe they'll become a band like the Stooges, becoming popular from their absence. But I highly doubt it. These days, music is opting for flash over substance, something that to the Jesus lizard would have been the most insane thing of all.